Our scripture today is found in John chapter 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Being born again is in the news today. Time Magazine carried a feature story on born again faith. Politicians unashamedly speak of being born again. A former Black Panther leader was a radical some years ago, but he returned from exile and announced, my life has turned 180 degrees. I have been born again. Many of you will recall Chuck Colson, one of President Nixon's counselors. He became deeply involved in the most publicized political scandal of our time. He has written a bestseller explaining the change in his life as a result of being born again. The late Corey Boone, whose story of Nazi persecution has inspired millions, it relates that when she was only five years old, she said, I want Jesus in my heart. In response, her mother took her little hand in hers and prayed with her, and she was born again at five years old. I've counseled with countless numbers of people who have testified that they've been born again and their lives changed. A friend related this. Tonight, my wife and I had come to the brink of ending our marriage. We felt we could no longer stay together under the conditions in which we were living. Both of us admitted that we thought we no longer loved each other. I no longer enjoyed her company, nor appreciated my home life. We made bitter statements about each other. We could not come to a compromise, nor could we agree on how to improve our marriage, even if we tried. I believe that it was God's will that I turned on my television and listened to your message about spiritual rebirth. As my wife watched with me, we began to search our hearts and felt a new life within us. I prayed that God would come into my heart and truly make me a new man and help me to begin a new life. 
our troubles seem rather slight now. My friend, this man and his wife were born again. A Gallup poll has come to us with an astonishing conclusion that more than one third of those who are old enough to vote have experienced born again religion conversion. Born again, is it possible? Can life be transformed? Is it real? Will it last? The expression born again is not a new term invented by modern journalists and writers. This term is at the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Peter spoke of the God who has begotten us again to a lively hope about being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Paul wrote to Titus of the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. The term born again is found, my friend, throughout the pages of the New Testament. If you are born one time, you will have to die twice. But if you're born twice, you will only have to die once. Today, I want to show you how it is possible for you and members of your family to be born again and face only one death. First of all, in verses one through three of John three, we find the necessity of the new birth. Man demonstrates that it's necessary Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Even though Nicodemus was a good citizen, a religious leader, yet there was something missing in his life. And it was for this reason that he came to Jesus searching for the answer. Nicodemus was blind about the new birth and blind of the fact that he was blind. Nicodemus was ignorant of the fact that he was ignorant. Nicodemus was dead and dead to the fact that he was dead. Nicodemus was lost and lost to the fact that he was lost. He did not know even though he was a learning intellectual in his day, that unless men are converted, changed by God, and become as little children, they cannot see the kingdom of God. The limitations of man's achievement, the incompletion of his knowledge, his inadequacy in searching demonstrate that man without God that life is incomplete. Thoreau said of the masses of men that they lead lives of quite desperation. 
Pasco put it in these, these words. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be filled by anything but only by God and the creator who made known by his son, Jesus Christ. Man's humanity, man's sinfulness, all demonstrate the need. But also we find in this scripture that Jesus declares that the new birth is necessary. It would not have surprised us if Christ had made the statement to Mary Magdalene or the woman at the well who had six husbands or the one taken in adultery. But instead, this statement is made to Nicodemus, a teacher in Israel, a very religious man. This word was spoken to a man of culture, a man of upright character, a man of religious credentials, and to a man of reverent inquiry. Yet there was a man who was blind, ignorant, dead, and lost. You see, Jesus knows the heart of man, and that man's mere efforts at improvement would not change his proud rebellious nature. All of this is a contradiction to the popular idea of staid, comfortable, osmosis Christianity. There is a popular assumption that people just soak up Christ by being reared in a good home, becoming a member of a church, developing character, and trying to follow the teachings of Christ. The masses of people seem to believe that you get on a heaven-bound escalator in the nursery, and more or less inevitably, this will take you to the top floor of the building, which is heaven. We need to be sure that people understand the message of Jesus. There is a danger that young people will grow up embracing the language, but without a personal experience with Christ. In this passage, we see that Jesus used three authoritative, emphatic, categorical expressions to present this imperative of becoming a child of God. Except a man, he cannot, he must. And so the words of Jesus convict us that a change is necessary in our lives if we're to live a better life, if we are to be prepared to go to heaven. Signs also contend that the new birth is necessary. Wise men of all sciences conclude that something is basically wrong with man. 
Therefore, that man's mind and emotions must experience some kind of change. Some years ago, Dr. Billy Graham met with 21 psychology professors and psychiatrists from uh, Yale University. The spokesman for the group said, we've come to believe that man is so psychologically constituted that he needs converting. We believe that we are converting people in our offices. We want to know, Dr. Graham, what you mean by conversion. Psychologists use logotherapy, the need for a commitment. The new birth is not a luxury, but a necessity. It is not optional, but obligatory. There is no avoiding it, evading it, attempting to be a Christian without Christ changing your life is useless. In verses 4.13, we find the nature of the new birth. It is spiritual, as also we learn in Ephesians 5.26 and Titus 3 through 5 where they explain the meaning of Jesus' use of water. The new birth is a miracle that God performs in the human heart. It is not church membership, baptism, morality, or reformation. It is a divine change. But as many as received him to them, gave him power to become sons of God, even to those that believe in his name. John 1.12. Secondly, it is radical. And we find that in verse 6. Because of man's weakness and the ruinous consequences of sin, a second birth must take place. More is involved than receiving a new name. One must become a new man. O oh Lord, muttered by Alexander Pope one day, make me a better man. It would be easier, replied about his spiritual enlightenment, to make uh, him a new man. The new birth, therefore, is not reformation of the outward man or the education of the natural man, nor the purification of the old man, nor turning over a new leaf, nor mending, nor getting religion or attending church regularly, attending church regularly or getting involved in church activities or saying prayers are being well thought of, a man may be right with his fellow man and yet be wrong with God. Regeneration is the great change which God brings to a life. He brings it into a life when he raises it from the death of sin to a life of righteousness. And in the third place, 
the new birth is mysterious, but nevertheless, it is real. And we find there in this passage, you should not be surprised at my saying, Jesus said, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Just as a man cannot see or understand the wind currents, Jesus is saying, yet you can experience the new birth. And it is miraculous. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away and become all things new. So the new birth changes character. God does not purpose this to make you better men, but new men. And that character changes a family. And that family changes society. What a change was wrought in an Indian tribe in Ecuador. My friend Steve Saint, who is the son of Nate Saint, who many years ago was speared to death by those natives in that Ecuadorian tribe. But Steve Saint continued the work of his dad, and many of those natives were converted. In fact, some of you recall that a couple of them came to New York many years ago and gave a testimony in the Billy Graham's crusade. And so the new birth changes a life and a new life changes character and character changes a family and a family changes a group of people, even a nation. Would you consider the possibility of a new birth in your life today? This is found in a biblical fact of man's faith and feeling. The fact is that God has provided the means in the death and resurrection of his son. You find that in verses 13 through 15 of John 3. And secondly, man must respond in faith. That faith involves the intellect, the will, and the emotion. There is a matter of feeling and emotional response, but according to one's makeup and uh, the kind of life that he's lived. The new birth might be considered and illustrated by marriage. Marriage is a relationship involving the mind, the heart, the will. When you come to that point that you relinquish the throne of your life because you love someone else, 
then it is that you permit God to do his miraculous birth in your life and bring about then the character and relationship with the Lord Jesus as Savior and Lord. The only two conditions for the new birth is repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus and Nicodemus met face to face, mind to mind, and heart to heart, so this day you can meet, you can meet the Lord Christ. The new birth happens in all kinds of ways. They may seem to happen over a period of time for some, and in just a moment for others. Whatever the path, we always find that at the end, Jesus is there to meet and to welcome us, forgiving us of sin and giving us the promise of eternal life. We do not know whether Nicodemus actually experienced the new birth that night when he talked to Jesus or not. But we do know that he came to experience what Jesus talked about because in John 19:39, we're told that he came with Joseph of Arimathea to seek the body of our Lord for a decent burial. In this act, Nicodemus was coming to make an open declaration that he was indeed a disciple of the Lord. And every man who meets Jesus will eventually come to share that in this world. The scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. And so today, my friend, if you have not experienced the new birth, a change of life, a change of character, a change of eternal direction. I invite you now to bow your heart before God and pray that Jesus will forgive you and come into your life and save you and make you a new person in him. And if you will make that decision, you need to declare it openly. And that's the reason for baptism. Baptism doesn't wash away your sins, but it's an act of obedience. It's a way of showing others that you have received Jesus who has washed away your sin and given you eternal life. Won't you right now, Accept the Lord Jesus and tell others about it. And go to church this Sunday and make public that decision. And if you already know Christ, but you're not living in obedience, in fellowship and in service, this is a good time for a rededication of your life and a new commitment to do the will of God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will take your word 
and wing it into the heart and life of someone around the world listening to the scriptures as they are explained and exhorted. Lord Jesus, speak now to those who need to be reclaimed and involved in your will and work. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. My friend, if you have made a heart decision, or today, if sometime you will make that decision, then write us or call us, and we'll be happy to give you some literature, send you a Bible, and help you in this new life. God bless. Look forward to hearing you. Tell us that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. Amen.